Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unboxed podcast. My name is Reese, and today is time to talk once again about unionism in Northern Ireland because, uh, as I talked about it last time, we were seeing the Democratic Unionist Party, the largest unionist party in Northern Ireland, undergoing a leadership battle. That battle is now over. We have a, a winner and someone who will be leading the party into next year's elections, or unless something goes drastically wrong for them in their, their leadership. But we also now have... Uh, the new leader of the Ulster Unionist Party, a party that used to be the largest unionist party in Northern Ireland, but they have been uh, playing second fiddle to the DUP for uh, many, many years now. So, two new leaders for the two main unionist parties, and they are not very alike. So there will be choices for unionists in Northern Ireland to decide who they want to put their trust in when they go to the ballot boxes. And it is time to unbox all of that on today's episode of the Politics Unboxed podcast. So yes, it is once again time to have a look at unionism in Northern Ireland because, as I said in that introduction, both the major unionist parties have now got new leaders. And we're going to start in the place that has gathered the the less of the, the media traction in this area with the Ulster Unionist Party, where Doug Beatty uh, has been elected as the new leader. He was actually the only candidate to run for the job. Uh, the MLA, which is a member of the Legislative Assembly, which is the Stormont uh, Executive of the Stormont Parliament uh, in, um, in Northern Ireland. He is an MLA for Upper Ban, and it, it came down uh, to this contest after formerly the Steve Aiken said he would be stepping down after less than two years in the job. He felt he'd taken the party as far as he could. Um, and, well, this this is this is potentially a, a game-changer for the Ulster Unionist Party. Um, the party was once led by David Trimble, who was uh, a key negotiator in the Good Friday Peace Agreement. He was a former First Minister, but it now has no seats in Westminster as of 2017, uh, and it is very much playing second fiddle to the Democratic Unionist Party. And now this uh, election has to be formally ratified by a meeting of the Council of the Ulster Unionist Party at the end of this month. However, uh, it is going to be this way round. Uh, the nominations to the leadership opened and then and closed again with just the one candidate putting themselves forward and it is it is going to be um, Doug Beatty or Beatty. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name and I will find out for when I next have to say his name. But unfortunately for this time you're going to be stuck with Doug Beatty, whether or not that is correct. Now Beatty is uh, a slightly different force than we've seen in, in Elster Unionist party leadership for a while. He is being called a, a moderniser. Uh, he wants to reform party structures, bring in more women and young people. And that makes him as one of the the more liberal within the Ulster Unionist Party, which is a, a broadly right of centre party, I would suggest, although the party lines are very, very different in Northern Ireland. Uh, there, there is much less distinction on whether you are you're left wing or, or right wing, although that obviously is a a defining factor. The main dividing lines are uh, unionism versus nationalism, as in do you want to stay with the United Kingdom or form up to make a united Ireland. Now obviously the Ulster Unionist Party on firmly on the side of unionism and the United Kingdom. 
Now, who is Doug Beattie? Well, he used to be a captain in the British Army. Uh, he was elected as an MLA in 2016. So he is a relatively new face, only uh, about five years in Stormont. Although, those have been some of the uh, most active and inactive five years in Stormont's history. Obviously, they uh, had a a collapse of the power-sharing executive in Stormont from 2017 to 2020. And then these last few, uh, this last year and a bit, has been all hands to the pump within the Northern Ireland executive. So it's plenty of, of, of things on both sides of the, the activity coin there for him as an MLA. Uh, but he clearly sees that there is there's the possibility of this assembly becoming fractious. And he said in, a, in an interview uh, with BBC Radio Ulster that it won't take too much to tip the Northern Irish Executive and the Assembly over the edge. Uh, there are many issues. We've got the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is the, the post-Brexit uh, arrangement for Northern Ireland. Um, that places the border in the Irish Sea, which Noel Boris Johnson said it wouldn't do, and it turns out that it it has. Um, he says that issue is here to stay. It can't just be, be voted away, although it is damaging for the Good Friday Agreement in his eyes. Obviously, the Good Friday Agreement saying there should be no hard border on the island of Ireland, um, and basic unionist principles suggesting there shouldn't be any form of, of border between Northern Ireland and other constituent members of the United Kingdom. However, uh, there has been some form of, of border placed on at least control checks between Great Britain and Northern Ireland, or rather Northern Ireland and Great Britain. Now, the solution, well, according to, to BT, they want no hard border on the Irish Sea or on the island of Ireland. This is... Um, going to be quite a political battlefield he's going to have to walk into and his experience on the front line might come in handy um now i said that this leader of the, the uup as the ulster unionists are called um is a little bit of a break from what we've seen with ulster unionists of recent leadership positions uh, i said he was a more liberal mla and that is true uh, what is also true is that the, the grassroots, potentially, and some of the, um, well, the the longer-serving MLAs within the UUP, uh, they, they might not be won over by this, this liberal reforming brand of politics. But again, if we're looking at the UUP itself, where else can they turn? They've tried to, to out-DUP the DUP on one element, they've tried to um, shift it in... A little bit and try and create a little bit of distance. Now this this move does create distance. Uh, this liberal Ulster unionist, it, it might not be to everyone's liking, but again, as we, we said with the, the Labour Party when, when Matthew was on, is is winning elections enough of a victory to to enable some, some sacrifices in order to get there? I don't know, that's a question only uh, individual party members can answer. Uh, and this now means that Doug Beattie is the leader of the Ulster Unionist Party. His main counterpart in leadership of Unionist parties is now the Agriculture Minister, Edwin Poots, uh, who is an MLA for uh, Lagan Valley, or Lagan Valley. I think it might be Lagan, actually. I'm mainly going on my pronunciation there from, from Ted Hastings of AC12, so um, some of your complaints to the Central Police. But, um... 
The Northern Ireland Agriculture Minister Edwin Poots and MLA for Lagan Valley has been elected the leader of the Democratic Unionist Party and he will take uh, take uh, take his post on the 28th of May when Arlene Foster, the former leader, uh, steps down officially as party leader. Uh, Arlene Foster will leave the role as First Minister at the end of June. Uh, Edwin Poots winning the first leadership contest in the 50-year history of the DUP. Yeah, it's pretty much been a, a, a string of anointed successors or solo candidates from, from then on. Um, but interestingly enough, for Edwin Poots, he has said that he, he would not take on the role of Northern Irish First Minister. So, well, here here is the, 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 the slight dilemma. Because, well, who... Who would be first minister? Will he promote someone within the party? Why? Why would he do that if he's just become the leader of the party? Uh, he is only the fourth leader of the uh, the DUP. Actually, Eben Boots. We had Reverend Ian Paisley, who was the founder. Uh, he was there for for many, many, many years. Uh, Peter Robinson took over from him in I think the early 2010s, maybe late 2000s. And then Arlene Foster took over from him in. Uh, what was it now? About twenty twenty fifteen, perhaps. Um, so, Edwin Poots has a chance to leave a lasting legacy for the Democratic Unionist Party. So, what could that legacy be? Now, Edwin Poots says he wants to be a leader in unionism. He'll be reaching out to other leaders in unionism, which is why I. I started with, with Doug Beattie, the leader of the Ulster Unionists, who you would see as being the DUP's most natural allies. However, again, this, this system of, of, of vote choosing in, in Northern Ireland, where it's mainly you, you know whether you're a unionist or a nationalist, and then you decide within there, means that, weirdly enough, the Ulster Unionists could be the DUP's biggest challengers. Um, if you're in a, a unionist community, the chances are that your, your battle for the MP or the MLA seat, or any council seats, will be between the Democratic Unionist Party and the Ulster Unionist Party. Um, you don't really see all that many sort of Sinn Féin DUP marginals. You see a couple, uh, excuse me, <coughs> you do see a couple, however, you don't really see too many. So that idea of working with unionists and stopping what he's calling unionist bickering um, might seem like a, a good idea, and it seems like on paper it, it should really work, but will it in practice? Um, because I think there was a, a Bill Shankly quote about football. Um, someone said, oh, you, we look, you guys look very good on paper today. Well, the game isn't played on paper, was, was Shankly's reply. And it's very much the same for politics. Things that look like, in theory, they work out wonderfully, sometimes don't. And as the saying goes, politics can make strange bedfellows. As the other saying goes, um, events, dear boy, events. And events will dictate the majority of the activity of the Northern Irish Executive and the Northern Irish Assembly. And the main event on everyone's mind is the Northern Ireland Protocol. I talked about it a little bit with uh, Doug Beatty's profile. However, now it is time to have a, another quick look at the Northern Ireland Protocol because... Uh, Edwin Poots is against it as well. Um, that place at the border in the RSC, it's been a massive challenge. We've seen um, an upswing in, in unionist activity and sort of violent unionist activity, uh, almost an opposition against this um, this Northern Ireland Protocol. Uh, 
There are other reasons for, for that upswing in activity as well. However, one reason that's being cited by a lot of sources is this um, fallout over the Brexit arrangements. Um, now, Edwin Poots, who, um, who is he? Well, he is DUP through and through. His father was a founding member of the DUP. Um, he is a, a free Presbyterian. He is very much in tune with what seems to be the, the mood of the grassroots of the Democratic Unionist Party. Um, and he talked about reform when he was talking about uh, setting out his stall to be party leader. You know, there was a lot of dissatisfaction with Arlene Foster. Uh, they thought she was getting too far away from the, the grassroots of the party. Um, and Eben Poots may well be the person to bring back to the grassroots. Uh, what else do we know about Eben Poots? Well, he um, is a creationist. Uh, as, a, as a free Presbyterian, he is he's a creationist. He believes that the earth was created by God in the year 4000 BCE or BC. That's either before Common Era or before Christ, depending on which um, method of, of time you, you prefer. I, I tend to use the uh, BCE and CE, with CE being common era in place of uh, AD, Anno Domino. Um, and also Edmund Poots has some, how do I put this diplomatically, he has some less than tolerant views on the homosexual community in Northern Ireland, and in in general, uh, he's had a, a very poor legislative record uh, in terms of his rating from from civil rights and and gay rights campaign groups, um, he's voted a number of times against uh, the, the practice of of homosexual men being allowed to donate blood. He's voted against um, homosexual couples being allowed the same uh, adoption rights and and marriage rights as uh, heterosexual couples. And he is also um, uh, an outspoken critic of abortion and would like, I would imagine, to see those laws uh, rolled back. He has promised a lot. Um, and he wants to oversee these these reforms he's been talking about, mainly behind closed doors. Um, and with Edwin Poots' election, he beats Geoffrey Donaldson, who was... Uh, I think chief whip for the uh, DUP in the House of Commons, and it's a clear signal that the power base in the DUP is in Northern Ireland now. Uh, if it was shifting towards Westminster first with Nigel Dodds, who actually lost his seat in 2019, uh, and then with Geoffrey Donaldson potentially becoming leader, uh, no, the power base is in Stormont. It is with the Northern Irish people. And, well... Edwin Poots is now the man for the uh, for the job in in the concerns of the DUP members. Um, it is going to be interesting to to watch this um, now. If we look at the two unionist the two new unionist leaders side by side. Uh, you can see stark differences. Um, Edwin Poots very much leaning further right, and uh, with, well, creationist and hardline Presbyterian views on some issues. 
looks like Doug Beattie is going to be placing some clear blue water between the Ulster Unionists and the Democratic Unionists, which I think will actually be helpful for unionism in Northern Ireland. Uh, we've seen debates around uh, the unification of Ireland um, really increase over the course of, of Brexit and coronavirus now as well. And I think having two very different characters at the top of the ballot for these two parties will mean that people who don't like Edwin Boots can go and vote for um, Doug Beattie, and people who don't like Doug Beattie can go and vote for Edwin Poots. They are covering more ground as a united unionist front. However, of course, it could backfire. By portraying such a, a dissonant view of what unionism is and ought to be, uh, this could drive further wedges between the Ulster Unionists and the Democratic Unionists, especially uh, if they keep to their previous positions regarding the, the social policies and, and social health care policies, um, and, well, civil rights policies. If Edwin Poots sticks to his track record, there will almost certainly be very clear, very blue water between the DUP's position and the Ulster Unionist position, which could lead to a, a fracturing of the Unionist message. So this could go one of two ways, really. Uh, and it will be very interesting to have a look at Northern Ireland as they gear up for their, their stormant elections, where they will send their MLAs to the Northern Irish Assembly. Uh, that is next May, so May of 2022, uh, by which time this podcast will be over two years old. Crikey. Um, time really does fly by when you're in an enforced lockdown. Anyway... That is all the time we have for today on the Politics Unbox podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you did like the podcast, please feel free to give us a rating wherever you get these podcasts. Uh, any feedback that you can send is more than welcome. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, which is at politics.unboxed. Twitter is at politicsu, that's the letter U. Uh, and Facebook, you can find us at politicsunboxed. You can get in touch through the email, which is politics.unboxed uh, at outlook.com. Or you can get in touch through the website, which is politicsunboxedpodcast.wordpress.com. Dot com. Thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you all around again soon for the next episode of the Politics Unbox podcast. And until then, goodbye. Mm-hmm.